Hey, you guys, you're going to want to listen all the way through to this episode because we're going to find out that Mariah carries a Christmas dream, that J-Lo is a new musical dream. Also, that Mark Wahlberg is a machine, and he's also trying to help one of his offspring achieve their Olympic dream. Lots of rhymey time today, Sharon. (laughs) Enjoy the show, everyone. 90s Now with Kelly Alexander and Sharon Hyland. Oh, hi. We're back. I'm Sharon. That's Kelly. If I point over there, that's normally where our uh, friend Adam would be, but uh, he's not here right now. We'll have to take a message. <laughs> Sounds like a good start. I know. <laughs> uh, he'll be back for next time. Little emergency he had to take care of, so uh, we'll try and make sure that uh, we'll pull his third of the weight <laughs> for um, a fun look back on our favorite decade. That. Kel, I was just so sidetracked by uh, the 90s Rewind that I want to make sure to mention that, you know, we are in the season to talk about how much Mariah Carey makes off her classic Christmas tune. Yes, it's nice to go back to the bank one more time. Um, We're going to give you a chance to brace yourself before we get to that giant dollar figure. Also talk about uh, J-Lo's new music that'll come along with a really cool sneak peek into her love life. I know it sounds dirty, but it's not. It's not. Um, <laughs> Kelly's trivia, along with a 90s rewind that'll, in different ways, take you on a stroll down memory lane. Uh, one musical, one might have you pulling your hair out. You know who you are, Kelly. <laughs> and you know the trivia does that. Yeah. <laughs> I live to serve. Uh, but also, what's that? I live to serve. You're good that way. Well, we've got the inside scoop on the uh, daily routine of someone who we first laid eyes on and ears on in 1990 with the abs that complemented his good vibrations. I think we have to start with Mark Wahlberg. Sans Funky Bunch. No Marky out of your mouth. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's over Uh, talk, Talk about discipline. This guy gets up. At 3.30 a.m. Mm-hmm. Just to get his stuff done. Yep. Um, I think he's been doing that for several years at this point. And I know that there was a time when he was, I think, specifically waking up just to make sure his exercising was done. And he's still doing that, but I think he's added on other things. Because I think he spends at least an hour um, in his prayer work, like slash meditation, whatever you want to call it. So, Which is cool. And yeah. uh, what I th- what I think is interesting is that he spends, uh, you know, time to exercise. Mm-hmm. We know that he's um, quite involved in uh, the F45 platform. I, too, am involved. Just different set of apps. <laughs> um, so it's cool that he's committed to toning. And with his prayer work, he's committed to atoning. <laughs> <laughs> How long did he work on that? Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I get eight hours of sleep sometimes, too, Marky. But that's what he says. As long as he gets his eight hours, he can do his thing. Mm -hmm. He can, you know, you know, he says he's been getting up at 3.30, which is incredible. Um, He doesn't want to be doing all his personal stuff, uh, you know, which also includes playing golf uh, in the middle of the day. So he's got his kids to think of. Mm -hmm. Now, are you ready for this? I think you know this, too, Kelly. But uh, Ella, Michael, Brendan, and Grace... 20, 17, 15, and 13. Mm-hmm. Time flies, man, and time, kids grow up. Now, what fly. I find is cool is that uh, his daughter is um, looking to get into the Olympics. 
Yeah, Grace, the youngest. Uh, yeah. She's been riding horses for several years now. I want to say at least three, and it's probably longer, uh, but I think yeah. I've known about it for three or four years. And uh, yeah, she is committed to you know, working towards this goal. And he says she's even more disciplined than he is, which is amazing. No kidding. And apparently, because I, I think I read a couple articles about this now, and she um, is being an inspiration to her older siblings. Like they're saying, you know, to themselves, I need to find a passion yeah. so that I have something that like Grace is doing. So I think that's amazing. And he also says too, she never likes to be late to the barn. So. Wow. There you go. Yeah. And he would have a resource in uh, Bruce Springsteen if, uh, you know, to make sure that the path is on point because his daughter made it to the Olympics. I did not know that. As an equestrian. Did she win anything? I don't believe she did. Okay. But I could be wrong. Like, too bad Adam wasn't here to check the internet. Yeah, if only exactly. I had access to the internet. There's, oh, um, wait. is it Sarah? Because, <laughs> like, um, from the royal family, the British royal family, right, Princess Anne was yeah. huge into riding. And her daughter, Zara, didn't she make it to the Olympics also? I think so. I that think she represented be. Britain in the Olympics in equestrian. Uh, um. Well, I think Jessica Springsteen is is looking toward uh, uh, the Olympics in 24. Okay. Which is good. Um, did she win anything? How come Adam always finds the answer so quickly? Because he's little and fast. <laughs> he's little. He's stealth like a little computer ninja. Exactly, exactly. You take him out of the drawer, put him on the keyboard, he does his little tap dance and information comes up. Yeah. It's incredible. He's super fast, little Adam. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it, and I'm I'm fairly certain Zara Phillips uh, represented Britain. I don't know if it was at one or two Olympics, but I'm pretty sure. And I know she's hooked up with her husband of a, of, of many years, and he uh, played rugby for England. So, well, I okay, he... well, the internet is telling me right now that Jessica Springsteen wins a silver medal with the U.S. Show Jumping Team, the daughter of Bruce Springsteen, now an Olympic medalist. This is from back around this time, actually, two years ago. That's great. In 2021. That oh, so that came. would, yeah, that's great. Amazing. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay, there so you go. So I'm sure, and the thing is, is like, um, it's good that, you know, Grace comes from an affluent family because being an equestrian requires cash to pay for the big horse that eats a lot and <laughs> needs That's true. Of- can't keep a horse in the backyard. No, and <laughs> lots of medical <laughs> attention, I'm sure, uh, to make sure that when they're jumping, they don't hurt themselves. So um, it's a good thing her daddy has lots of money. That's true. We live in a bungalow. That's why we don't have a horse. <laughs> <laughs> Where would you put it, Sharon? Out the back shed? Exactly. I'm considerate of animals. That's why I have small dog. Yeah. <laughs> That's the only reason why we don't have a horse, because we live in a bungalow. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty big reason, though. Uh, <laughs> That's pretty good. So, okay, so uh, we'll get to the uh, dollar figures that are astounding, yep. but in uh, the most festive way. Mm-hmm. That's one of the F words you could use <laughs> to describe <laughs> the amount of dollars that Mariah Carey has from one song. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what we'll do before that, just to level us off, is get into some trivia. 90s. <laughs> Bing bong, bing bong. Adam should be hopefully putting in the uh, sound effects as long as we tell him to do that. Uh, So (laughs) that's your cue, Adam. Bing bong, bing bong. Stick it in. (laughs) Take it away, little Adam. So, uh, question number one would stem from the art and literature uh, situation. Oh, I should Mm -hmm. mention just before we start that 
I had been talking to you and Adam last week on last episode where I was starting to run out of these cards. Yes. So Kelly has ordered the new game and it's already arrived. Oh my goodness. So I'm going to finish these off because I still have, you know, several. So we'll keep using those. But then I have a new um, game. Although I have to say it's going to be tough to beat this one because the trivia cards from this game are all 90s based. Mm -hmm. And the best kind of replacement game that I found um, is an 80s and 90s mix. So I'll have to omit anything from the 80s and then just add Hopefully the... you'll do it live. Like you'll pick a card and go, oh, that can't work. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully I'll do my show prep and won't pull that one off. So question number one from Art and Literature is the following. Who wrote The God of Small Things? Uh, Sharon. Oh, sh- <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm going to go with uh, Patrick Conroy. No, Connolly. Conroy? But you know who I mean. Yeah. <laughs> you know um, it's the wrong answer. Who is it? <laughs> it, is, it is the wrong answer. And uh, again, well, fingers crossed I get to say this correctly. Arund Hattie Roy. What's the story about? Not a clue. They didn't. They didn't tell me that in the rose-colored card here. I'd like to put forth a measure that only asks, has you asking questions that we know what you're talking about. Okay. Well, I did preface (laughs) it by saying art and literature, so. You make a valid point. It had to be something smart. Um, (laughs) This is one we'll probably both get because we're into the pop culture. So here's the pop culture fighting salmon card. It... In which year did the world population hit 6 billion? Sharon. Go, Sharon. 1996. No. I'll give you Adam's guess. Okay. Uh, 1993. No. 1999. Son of a... I think they were just waiting till that year. Maybe. Because it sounds more dramatic. It does. Right at the end of 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 the lot there. Well, yeah. um, over two, Sharon, but that's fine. Well, I'm thrown. This uh, our <laughs> equilibrium is off. <laughs> <laughs> Onwards and upwards for next week. Yep. Well, let's talk about the new J Lo because there's an album and a film that will accompany it. Mm-hmm. Short film. Uh, we're not exactly certain what will be involved in this film, but what we do know is that this is me now will be the companion piece to the This Is Me Then from 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And it closes a 10-year window of uh, new music, of no new music, or since the last new music from, from J-Lo. Yeah, because the last Very album exciting. I think came out, yeah, the last album, her last full-length first, stu- or sorry, uh, studio album came out in 2014. Wow. Which seems wow, incredibly long so she's just long been sitting around her. doing nothing? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that J-Lo, she's a slacker. <laughs> She's not a yeah. slacker at all. Um, no, al- exactly. Al- also, I should mention that, um, you know, I had a press release come to me because I happened to be, um, as, you know, uh, uh, hooked up, we'll call it, with the publicity firm in Canada that deals with certain artists in the States. And, and I got a surprise today because I didn't know that they were going to be affiliated with Jennifer's project, but out came this um, press release. And uh, I read it two times by myself. Then I read it to you out loud Yep. And now I'm just going to say it again, I'll, just because I'll say that the the first two sentences, when they describe the film part of it, 
It's a narrative-driven, intimate, reflective, sexy, funny, fantastical, and highly entertaining musical and visual reimagining of her publicly scrutinized love life. She works with Dave Myers to create a, a genre-redefining, immersive cinematic experience, an extravagant visual and sonic feast with impressive choreography, star-studded cameos, costumes, sets, <laughs> and blockbuster-worthy visuals. So that leaves us wondering... What the heck, man? Yeah. What's it going to be? But if we read a little further into that press release, it goes on to include these fine words. That although an astonishing vivid spectacle, the film is ultimately a heartfelt ode to jail's journey of self-healing and everlasting belief in fairy tale endings. Audiences will be captivated and leave hopeful that true love can be more than a dream. So it's going to be a dream. Yeah, exactly. There's so and much if anybody's able to bring dreams to life, it's J-Lo. I just want to give a shout out to whoever wrote that part of the press release because they basically used any word that sounds exciting as adjectives to describe, yeah. like, like honestly, like, this is me eating, like, re you know, reading this is like me eating six um, scoops of ice cream. Like, there's a lot. Oh, totally. And it's amazing that the words are so big and 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 the words themselves are vivid, yet we're still sort of wondering, what's it going to be? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what are these people in their cameos? What's going to happen? Yeah, because when I first saw the first kind of line, I was like, oh, it's a musical. But then, no, it keeps going on. Like, And especially seeing the star-studded cameo line, that makes me think, makes me believe that there'll be other celebrities speaking to her, not singing at her. Yeah. So, <laughs> can you imagine like Missy Elliott just sings at her, or raps at her and like <laughs> and she's nodding going, "Yeah, this is really dreamlike." Yeah. <laughs> What's cool is that uh that Ben Affleck was there for the then version of the album 20 years ago mm -hmm. and then, you know, 20 years goes by and uh he's back. <laughs> yeah. He's back in the now. So, talk about fairy tale endings. If anybody knows anything about him, it's uh it's uh it's both of them. Mm -hmm. For making that, uh, making their love story something to, uh, to behold. And that he loves her so much and that he loves her music so much and that he's impressed by her work ethic as he describes as exceptional. And then he, he was on Drew Barrymore saying like, yeah, she works out. And he goes, I mean, I work out too, but, uh, I don't magically appear to be 20 years old, mm -hmm. which JLo has like, who knows where she finds the time to do anything that she does? And she's got a long list of things that need doing yeah. and that get done. So yeah. that she prioritizes her, her fitness and her health in that way is, uh, is super impressive. And she's obviously disciplined enough to do that and keep her brand on point. That's a part of what we were talking about on um, Kelly Alexander show, right? Mm -hmm. Sidebar. Um, I thought he had quit smoking years ago. Ben yeah. Affleck has not. Yeah, I find, I don't know, I find it frustrating people that smoke. Well, I just feel like, I don't know how she uh, mm -hmm. puts up with it. Because, yeah, no kidding. like, she is such a epitome of all things go when it comes to health. Mm -hmm. And knowing how much she adores him, and I know that, you know, he's his own person, she's her own person, so I, I'm assuming that stems into or plays a part in all of this, but uh, I'm surprised she hasn't demanded <laughs> Like, J-Lo demanded, like, you need to stop this because I want you to live till you're 107. Well, no kidding. So. And I think it's, uh, it sometimes goes hand in hand with different addictions, too. So you get rid of one mm -hmm. 
but then it's a tall order to get rid of that one because it's a really addictive habit. Yeah. And no disrespect to anybody who's bound by it. Um, it has to be surmountable, though. That's what I sort of think. Logically, the older I get, my joke is that I can logic the fun out of anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but like logically, I, I can't even see why you would smoke. I get the addiction. addiction. So that aside, mm-hmm. the the idea that, you know, you're you're dragging on chemicals that are filling your lungs that are taking oxygen away from your brain. It's one thing to do it when you're 15 and make stupid teenage choice, but to continue to make a choice as an adult, I would just wish that people make a better one. Yeah. So no judgment. Yeah. I get it. Mm-hmm. But I wish, I wish. Well, just because I people. think so many of us like, you know, enjoy Ben and want him also to be around till 107. Yeah. So that's a concern that he's still, I think, because he's 51 or 52 now that he's still... Yeah. Uh, you know, smoking. But it's interesting. I was recently uh, sick with the stomach flu. And during Oof. my recovery process, I ended up watching uh, television. I don't often have time for it, but I watched the Robbie Williams uh, documentary oh, series. Did yep. you watch it yet, Sharon? Not yet. I was watching this weekend. I did um, three out of the four episodes of Beckham. Oh, good. Okay. Do you like it? Love it. Yeah, amazing. So yeah. Um, I won't give away the Robbie because I want you to watch it. But I will say that uh, I knew he smoked. I don't know if he smokes now. I feel like he doesn't. Maybe he still mm-hmm. is. Not sure. But what's what's intriguing to me beyond is they show many um, clips of him recording his previous albums. Like when mm-hmm. he was, you know, because it really is this chronological sort of story of, of his career and his life and, and, and all that stuff that he had to go through. I can't even tell you how many times he's behind the microphone recording like hit song, whatever, you know, for his albums. He literally takes a puff of like cigarette smoke, blows it out, sings. And I'm and I that's what's just crazy to me because I'm like, I can't even understand the because he has great vocals. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. you know, because especially knowing like a Mariah Carey. Or, uh, you know, a Celine Dion who right now is going through health ta- challenges, but like how they would take care of their vocals yeah, to not have, you know, to, to keep them as long as possible. And here he mm-hmm. is like just, he, you know, smoking at every single turn in this thing. I'm like, I can't believe he recorded vocals, like literally smoking right then, not 10 minutes yeah. later, not 30 minutes before as he's doing it. It's incredible. It's crazy town. Yeah. But imagine great vocals. That's a great vocals. How much better they would be. Mm-hmm. You know, he he might be like at a complete different level if he had the uh, the ability to do it. Yeah. So, anyways, watch that doc. Um, it's yeah, very, we'll do. Very good. Uh, I think it's yeah, it's four episodes, and it's really interesting because it follows along the lines of kind of what we talked about with TLC, where they watch themselves. Yeah. So he's doing that. That's what I like. What they did with uh, Beckham too. Mm-hmm. That they're they it's right up in their face, but. You, what we're seeing is them watching a game or a, or something. Yeah. So it's it's like a genuine reaction and a super close up at the same time. It's really cool. Um, you know what, Kel? Without further ado, yes, Mariah Carey's uh, knowing exactly what she wants for Christmas for the last twenty nine years generates pretty incredible dividends, Kel. <laughs> Two point five to three million dollars every year mm-hmm. that's something you can really hang your hat on you know because yes. this is on top of a base of 60 million dollars that the song brought in originally mm-hmm. right from uh 1994 
So imagine the blow up that's going to happen next Christmas. Yeah. And what's in crazy in 2024. <laughs> exactly. And what's crazy too is I think it's three or four Christmases now that it's actually hit number one. Mm-hmm. So like I don't it didn't hit number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart back in the day or right. any other time. Like I'm sure it, it got up there, but it's only been since like 2019. I think it was Christmas 2019 that it hit that for the first time ever. And that might right. have been, if we're doing the math, yeah, that would have been its 25th anniversary, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So I think the fans did their best because her fans are, you know, sure. very loyal, her lamely. And so mm-hmm. they helped to make that happen. But then every every year since, it's managed to keep doing that. And so it's incredible what this one song has done and continues to do for Mariah Carey. And, like, if she didn't need to probably maintain certain residences around the world, she could just live off that song alone. For sure. I, I, totally that. I mean, she's got every other single number one hit that she's ever recorded that's sustaining her elsewhere mm-hmm. for this little 2.5 to 3 million <laughs> annual <laughs> grab. Um, and of course, she's got uh, uh, the the merchandise, the, the specials, the concerts, and mm-hmm. I'm going to be seeing one in a couple of days because mm-hmm. uh, she'll be here in Montreal. Um, animated film, all tied into a, a, a festive... um bank account really but the fact that when you see her in interviews and she talks about um how much she loves christmas it really it's not a line you know like she's she loves it so i think it's that genuine Mm -hmm. authentic love for it that that really fuels the song it's Mm -hmm. such a good song yeah oh my god it's amazing and it's funny because i think that bing crosby still beats her in certain categories with like white christmas or whatever um which obviously you know those are timeless classics very happy they continue to perform and it's just so crazy that you know she's managed to accomplish what she's managed to accomplish like with this one song and you're right i think the authenticity just takes her next level with this because you know she means it totally and she talked about it in her book right like how i don't think her youthful christmases were amazing and so she then when she had the means to she made them amazing yeah and continues to do that for her kids i like how it how um almost coy she was about um describing how many christmas trees she has she's talking (laughs) to jennifer hudson because jennifer hudson's almost as into christmas as uh mariah is (laughs) and and it was sort of like yeah a few, you know, <laughs> but you know that her a few is like, are like, what? <laughs> yeah, probably like 97 of those things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, speaking of Mariah Carey, a nice little transition into your 90s rewind will take us back to 1990. You ready for it? Ready. I'm going to give you more than usual because I was looking at this year, the year that marks the start of, uh, well, our favorite decade as per 90s now, and the fact that Mariah Carey is still happening uh, to the tune of That Many Millions and still touring in that I will be seeing her in a couple of days. She was number one on the charts around this time in 1990 with Love Takes Time. Great track. Now, I'm going to go through more than five, which I I usually give you a handful, but it was so very 1990 that I'm going to give you 10. Do it. Okay. So Mariah Carey's Love Takes Time, More Than Words Can Say. By mm. Alias, a Canadian band. That was one of those song titles that you can hear the song just by saying those those words, right? I'm your baby tonight, Whitney Houston. Groove is in the heart oh, from yeah. Delight. 
Because I love you. Stevie B in the Postman song, Cal. I love it. Got you a letter from the postman just the other day. Remember? Yeah. Back to back with Something to Believe in by Poison. From a distance from Bette Midler. My goodness. MC Hammer's Prey. Tony, Tony, Tony's Feels Good. Knocking Boots with Candyman. That's 10. And I thought, why wouldn't we bring in one from a little bit further down the list? At number 20 in 1990 was our George Michael and Freedom. Nice. Doesn't get any more 90s than that list right there. So that's why I had to give you more than five. Yeah. And that is your 90s Rewind. Good job, Sharona. Uh, Thanks, Kel. I appreciate your efforts. I appreciate yours. Thank you. Uh, We appreciate uh, Adam and uh, the fact that he'll take care of the magic on this episode and visually we'll get him back on the next one. Yes. Uh, We appreciate you guys for finding us wherever it is that you do and not not being too mad at us because Adam's not in our trio picture today. Um, But ultimately, thank you very much for listening to 90s Now. Still happening!